Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey, welcome to church team. Thank you so much for this morning. Hey, who's excited about this morning? Seven of us are excited, so it's great to have the rest of you here. Hey, we're going to do things a little bit different. This morning is, Lord, is, is Vision Sunday. It's a day where we gather around and we hear what God has been putting on the hearts of our church as we hear God's heart, not just for us, but for all of our campuses. In fact, what I'd love us to do, we're just going to stop in a moment and pray. Uh, we're going to pray for our Redlands campus this morning. Our, our, our Redlands campus campus pastor uh, got COVID yesterday. And so where they would be gathering around Vision Sunday as well today, they've kind of delayed Vision Sunday because of him, uh, because of his situation. So why don't we just lift him up, uh, Sam Jackson and his family this morning at our Redlands campus, as they just kind of have a bit of a different Sunday. So let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for what you're doing across our church. God, I want to pray for our Redlands campus this morning. God, I pray for them, Lord, in the moments where they find themselves. God, and I just want to pray for Sam and his family. God, I pray that you might just put your hand of healing on them. God, that their campus will know that you are still with them. And God, that you are for them. And God, you've got incredible things in store for them just like you do for us this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want you just to watch it. We're going to watch the screens this morning for our, hear a little bit of an exciting word from our senior pastor, Jason Ellsmore. G'day, Gateway. It's G'day Gateway, it's great to have you here at our Vision Sunday services across all of our campuses. Today's an exciting day because together we get to reflect on God's incredible goodness, faithfulness and generosity to our church over the past 93 years. And to look ahead and to pray boldly for what He has in store for us in the next season. My heart is overflowing with thanks for God's faithfulness to His church. In seven years' time, in 2028, Gateway Baptist Church will actually turn 100 years old. That's really old. And as we look back in our history, we see time after time how God has paved the way for people to come to know Him and to be welcomed into His church. I want to take you back to 1928 for a moment, when a young pastor at Greenslopes Baptist Church, Reverend Edward and Keith, was teaching kids about Jesus at Holland Park State School. And one day he's riding his bike back down Logan Road and he sees an old empty hall for sale and he convinced the church to buy it to start a Sunday school in the local area so more kids could hear the good news about Jesus. And on the first Sunday, nine kids came along. But within a few weeks, 60 kids were coming every week. That Sunday school became an outstation or a campus of Greenslopes Baptist for 18 years. And then in 1946, just after the end of World War II, it became Holland Park Baptist Church, which continued to grow and become Gateway Baptist, as we know it today. Our church has very humble beginnings, and it all started with one man and his heart to share Jesus with the people around him. A lot has changed in the past 93 years, but our heart to reach people in our community, our nation, 
and around the world with the life-changing message of Jesus will never change. Fast forward to today, and here I am at Gateway Logan, one of our five campuses across Brisbane, and God's hand of blessing has been on our church. Every weekend, we're welcoming more than a thousand kids, youth, and young adults to our campuses to hear the good news of Jesus. More than 3,000 people are meeting in 225 life groups, doing life together, caring for each other, and encouraging one another as we follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And through Gateway Online, the gospel is reaching more people in more places than ever before. As we look towards turning 100 years old, we see a generation that needs to hear and to see the good news of Jesus in our community, in our nation and right around the world. And I believe God is calling our church to step boldly into a new season of fulfilling Jesus' great commission. And our heart for this is reflected in our updated mission statement, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. This mission impacts every one of us, wherever we are on the journey of following Jesus. He's calling us all to live our lives fully devoted to Him and to share the life-changing message of Jesus with the people that we live, work and laugh with. And as we look to the future, We've also revisited our church values and we believe that these five values still hold true to the heart of our church today and into the future. Firstly, we hunger for the presence of God. We're a church that seeks the life-giving presence of God in prayer and in worship. We teach the Bible for every day. We wanna help everyone of every age understand timeless biblical truth in a constantly changing world and we live with abundant generosity. And I'm so encouraged by the way that we give our time, our talent and our treasure to people in need around us and all around the world. We raise tomorrow's leaders and we'll continue to raise generations of Christ-centered leaders to make disciples of all nations. And we value the ones. We believe that everyone, everywhere, is valuable to God and needs to hear the life-changing message of Jesus. These values are nothing new to us. For years, they've been our heart language and our guiding principles. And as we step into this exciting next season as a church, they will continue to be our unmoving stakes in the ground as we grow wider in our influence for the gospel. As I've been praying about our next season as a church, God has put a prayer on my heart from Habakkuk chapter three. It says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. And the prophet was walking through a very difficult season in Israel's history. He'd heard of God's great deeds in the past and he was adamant that God could do it again in his day. And his plea for mercy is not merely a desperate prayer for help, but he's confidently grounded in the covenantal commitment of God to Israel. 
And in the midst of national hardship and surrounded by hard hearts, Habakkuk is steadfast in his devotion and he perseveres in prayer for a powerful move of God in his time. The prayer that he writes is called a shiganoth, which kind of sounds like a casserole, but it's actually a prayer of lament and intercession. He laments the current state of affairs in his nation, but he believes for a better day through divine intervention. And I don't believe God's wanting to repeat his great deeds in our nation in exactly the same way as we've seen him do in the past. But I do believe that his love for his church in our nation is unchanging. And his power to transform communities is our certain hope today and for the future. Now God has spoken into the heart of our church about being a light to our city, our nation, and nations of the world. And when we look back, we can see that promise that God has given us has become reality. And as we look to the future, we believe that God's promises for this next season in no way diminish in a culture that has seemingly drifted away from Him. But in this dark time in global history we find ourselves in, there's never been a more opportune time to shine the light and the love of Jesus. And each of us has a part to play in that. We have the joy of playing our role in the unfolding of God's eternal kingdom. In 2028, when Gateway Baptist Church turns 100, we'll be one church family in many places, transforming communities with the love and power of Jesus. We believe in the coming season, God is calling us to grow to 10 campuses. And I believe we're gonna hear 10,000 stories of transformation. That's 10,000 ways that Jesus breaks into people's lives. I'm looking forward to the way that he does that through our generations ministries, care ministries, Sunday services, Alpha, life groups, and much, much more. The good news is that it all happens when we just keep on noticing the ones that God brings into our lives. You see, we can't change the world for everyone, but as we reach out with God's loving kindness, we can change the world for someone. God, you have done great deeds in our past. God, would you repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. This is the prayer that God's been writing on my heart, and I believe that God is writing on the heart of our church. Gateway, I'm so excited for this next season in our history, and I'm really grateful that as we look to turn 100, you'll be an essential part of writing our next chapter. God bless you all, church. What an exciting future we have as a church, yeah? Hey, I just want to let you know a couple of really ex other exciting things, and I just want to say a massive thank you. Uh, as we know, we've just finished Christmas sort of a month or so ago, and and we gave to a Christmas appeal to make a difference and, and to plant a, a care ministry. And as a church, we gave just over $200,000. So thank you to everyone. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being part of making a profound difference in some people's lives. But not only that, we've had two babies born in our, well, actually not in our campus, but people, two people in our campus uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Nat and Paul Morrison had their little baby boy and they're both doing really, really well. And just a couple of days ago, Jaden and Freya uh, had their little baby boy as well. And so there is something in the water, there is babies everywhere, and there's a bunch of little babies at the back. So we've got lots of things to be grateful for, don't we? I mean, all we have to do, just for a moment, just look around at everyone around us. 
Look who's sitting next to you. Look who's sitting in the row in front of you or behind you. God has been faithful. But I'm going to invite Joy up this morning to read just in a few moments from a little article that we found in the newspaper in the last couple of weeks. So Joy, do you want to come up? Uh, and I want to take us back to Sunday, the 16th of December, 1928. I was minus 51 years old. And on page 17 of the Sunday Mail, the newspaper that was distributed all through Brisbane, there was an article that we found. And Joy, would you share with us for a moment? Will you read with us some of what that article says? And it's going to be on the screen behind us as well. Great enthusiasm marked the open. Oh dear, excuse me. Opening of a new Baptist church at Holland Park. On Saturday afternoon, the little 30 foot by 18 foot building, capable of seating more than 100 persons, being filled to overflowing. Introduced by Reverend Edward Keith, who will have charge of the new church, Reverend A.G. Weller, OBE, President of the Baptist Union of Queensland who performed the opening ceremony, congratulated the congregation on the excellent site chosen for the building and stated that he felt sure that this was to be seedling from which would spring a much larger and more pre pretentious church. The gathering after the doors had been ceremoniously thrown wide open, moved into the church where it where a service conducted by Mr. Weller, who took as the subject of his address, shining and serving. Mr. Keith pointed out that the building had been erected largely by volunteer labour, recruited from the membership of the Dunnellan and the Thompson Estate Baptist Churches. It was only a few months ago, he said, that they had decided to build a church at Holland Park. But the progress made by voluntary workers, many of whom had made great sacrifices to assist in the work, was so good that now, shortly before the Christmas festivities, the church was open. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Joy, for reading that. You know what I love? I love being part of a church that has a remarkable heritage. You know, I loved hearing... Jason talking about the fact that our God has been, has been good, he's been faithful, and he's been generous to our church. You know, as I was reading the article during the week that we found from all the way back in December 16, 19th, 28th, there was a couple of things that reminded me of God's goodness, his faithfulness, and his generosity that still remain today. I love the fact that, you know, he talks about the fact that there was a church where the, the doors were flung wide, where everyone who came through the doors is welcome. I love the fact that it talked about a church that had that was that was building and that was built on so many that served. I love that it talked about that there was a church who who had the message where they talked about shining the light of Jesus. And hopefully there's not a church still today that was pretentious. I was, I was kind of looking at I was kind of hoping I did some research that hopefully when it said, you know, there was a, a church that would lead to, that would be a, a ceiling for what God was going to do in a pretentious church. I was hoping that when I read the word pretentious, it meant something different. Uh, it's still the same thing. But, but the rest of it was great. Today is Vision Sunday. 
A day where we look back to what God has done. And it's a day where we look forward to what God is going to do. God's goodness, His faithfulness, and generosity for our church for 93 years. But I want us to remember for a moment, back to the 3rd of July, Wednesday night, the 3rd of July, 2018. We don't have to look back that long ago. It was a moment where 44 of us stood at Extraction Cafe with a dream. It was a, it was a, here's some of the photos from that night. Where we stood together, we dreamed for what God was going to do. We planned, we prayed expectant prayers, and we prepared ourselves. And God called all of us to be a community that we would be all in. That we might find ourselves in the midst of a community that was all in to see what God would do with a group of people who were all in. And our God has indeed been good. He's been faithful, and he's been generous to Gateway as a church, but he's been generous to us as a community. And God has done so much here, and yet through its humble beginnings. But I want to declare this morning that God's not done. I want to declare this morning for someone here that God's not done with you. That God's not done done with us. See, back in December, I started praying and seeing God, God, what do you want to say to our church? Talking with a bunch of our leadership team here as we began to pray and seek God. God, what's the words that you want for our church this year? And I felt God say two words over our church this year. And it was the words, pioneer again. See, back in July 2018, we pioneered this campus. We began it in seven weeks and God has done so much through it. But I believe that God's calling us this year back to pioneering again, not to plant a campus, but to do this. See, my prayer for each and every single one of you is this, that 2020 would be your best year that you've ever had spiritually. That this year, that you would pioneer again you would allow the Holy Spirit, we would allow the Holy Spirit to do something new and fresh in our lives and then through our lives. But just like in 1928, that we would continue to shine the light of Jesus brightly and boldly. So pioneer again. You know, let my prayer that this year would be your best year spiritually that you've ever had. And I want to challenge each one of us as we walk into a brand new year, as we walk into the next seven-year vision for our church, I want to challenge you this year with three thoughts. You see, challenges aren't achieved by accident. They're achieved by choice. So I want to challenge you to make three choices this year. Let this be the year where you grow. I've got three Gs for us. See, I heard, uh, this came out of a, a conversation I had with a pastor friend of mine. We were talking about uh, why, why it is that as churches sometimes, and as people in churches, sometimes we struggle to grow. And he made a statement. He said, Dave, I believe that so many people in churches struggle to grow because they don't bring their fork. It's every dinner, every dinner, every night. We sit around the dining table and I go from one of our children to the other children and I spoon feed them their dinner. 
Now, of course I know. I'm like, oh, I've got two teenage kids, and by the time their dinner hits the table, it's like magically gone, and all of a sudden they're asking for seconds or thirds, depending on who made dinner that particular night. You see... You see, this year God's calling us to grow. And at age one, I stopped feeding my kids and I let them begin to feed themselves. You see, church, we have so much to eat. I mean, we've got Sunday services, we've got, we've got our, our life groups, we've got our own Bibles. I mean, if you don't have a Bible this morning, we've got a gift for you. At the Alpha stand afterwards, there's a big pile of Bibles and I would love to give you one free of charge as a gift from us to you. See, we've got Bible apps that you can download on your phone, and there's, there's Bible reading plans, and there's, there's so many different things that we can feed ourselves with. You know, this Tuesday, in a couple of nights' time, we start Alpha again. And can I encourage someone here this morning that what you need to do is you need to go to the, the Alpha stand of the four, you need to put down your details, and you need to start this year. If you're going to grow in your faith this year, then you need to start with doing Alpha to begin asking a whole lot of questions about what and who was Jesus and who is the Holy Spirit and everything else that we're going to look at through Alpha. My challenge to you is this. The challenge for you this year is will you grow? And I want to eliminate one more excuse from your repertoire. As you came in this morning, you've got a fork. And so this fork is for you. It's a little reminder from us to go, you know what, the challenge I'm putting out for every single one of us this year is will you bring your fork to church? Will you bring it to life group? Will you bring it to your quiet times and begin to grow? See, one of the other ways that I've learned that's the best way for me to grow is through serving. You see, we live in a world that is so self-absorbed, that is so self-focused, don't we? I mean, we live in a world that is just focused on me, my, and I. It's, it's fighting for fame. It's fighting to be noticed. And yet Jesus says in Matthew chapter 20, he says these words. Instead, whoever wants to become the greatest among you must be a servant. Whoever wants, whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to so many. See, I want to challenge us this year. If you want a great marriage, then you learn to serve your spouse. You want to be, have a great workplace, then we need to serve our bosses. You want to be a great friend, begin to serve your friend. And I can hear someone's pushing back and go, yeah, but what happens, if, what happens if we get taken advantage of? Well, maybe, just maybe, we're not in so bad company because Jesus was taken advantage of. And yet Jesus gave his life. He gave, he served, and he changed the world. So this year, will you bring your fork and will you begin to serve? See, when I served, I grew. But if 2020 is going to be the best year for you spiritually yet, if, if 2020 is going to be that year, we've got to grow together, but we've also got to go together. You see, I don't know about you, but, but you know, Christmas is a great time of year, but it's funny how we find extra kilos at Christmas. 
I mean, you know, growing can be fun. I mean, you can, you can sit on the couch and we can eat Doritos because we all know the Doritos are really, really addictive, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we can, we can love to grow. We can sit on the couch and grow. And growing might be fun and growing might be entertainment. And in fact, growing might even be enjoying at times. But at some point, we've got to get up and we've got to go. In Matthew chapter 22, we find this interaction between Jesus and a bunch of religious leaders. You know, Jesus is talking with the disciples and the religious leaders come and they, and they say these words in, in verse 34. And it says this, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees got together, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, let me pause there for a second. Like, we might not quite understand that. We might not even seem that significant. But for them, their faith and their religion all centered around the commandments. It was integral to who their faith was and who they were. I mean, they'd blown out the Ten Commandments to over a thousand different rules and regulations that they had to live by. And they came to Jesus because they wanted to catch him out. They wanted to in front of everyone, make look Jesus look bad. And so they get a lawyer, a professional in religious law to try and catch Jesus out. And so Jesus, I mean, we don't know how it went. I mean, I wonder if it was just kind of like Jesus sat there and he, he leaned back against a pole or a wall or whatever, and absorbed what they were asking of him. And then he says this in verse 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love this moment where Jesus is trying to get caught out. But instead he flips it on his head and in front of everyone he goes, Hey, you want to know the biggest and the most important commandments? I've narrowed over a thousand different rules and regulations down to two. Love God. And love people. When you think about the Ten Commandments for a moment, every one of them can be summed up in those two phrases, in those two commandments. It's as simple as that. Or is it? I mean, it's not always easy to love people, is it? I mean, let's just, let me illustrate it with four words. Car parks at Christmas. Yeah? It's not always easy to love the person who pinched your spot. Jesus calls us to love him with everything that we are. And he calls us to love people. Church, what would it look like? What would it look like this year if we, if we actually loved people like Jesus loved what would it look like if we actually loved people like Jesus loved people inside of the church, but also outside of the church? I mean, what would it look like for our lives if we loved people like He did? If we loved people not according to their appearance, or whether we agreed or they agreed or we didn't agree on, on their personal ideas about vaccines and mandates but simply loved people because Jesus loved 
people. And because Jesus left heaven and he came down to earth and he gave himself and he loved and accepted the down and outs and prostitutes and the tax collectors and everyone that religion couldn't and wouldn't love and embrace. What would it look like if you and I actually loved people like that? If we loved people simply because Jesus loves us and he asks us to love others. What would it look like? What would it look like this year if we prayed a prayer something like this? Jesus, do it again, this time through me. Jesus, help me to love people like you love people. Jesus, I will go. Church, what would it look like? What would it look like if he answered that prayer? What would it look like if he answered that prayer in our life? There's one thing that I know, is that Jesus would change our life. And there's a second thing that I know, is that he would begin to change the lives of others that we encountered. See, church, I need to confess something. The start of a brand new year, I need to confess something that I've got an addiction. It's an addiction that so consumes my life. See, I'm addicted to people coming to know Jesus and having Jesus change their lives. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is you can come to church for the, in fact, you could have just turned up for the first time this morning. And you probably recognize there is moments occasionally where I may or may not get choked up in a service. But don't laugh because you cry when your footy team loses. Or when you crash your car or you break a nail. Or maybe not. (laughs) You see, we're all passionate about something. It's just that I'm passionate about Someone who changes lives, changing lives. And my greatest prayer for us all this year is that, that this year would be a year where we have our best year spiritually. That we would grow more and more addicted to God changing lives like only He can change lives. See, I love hearing stories, not just the pretty ones, but the messed up ones of people whose lives have been changed by Jesus because of what He's doing in this place and so many other places. And it's 2020, God's calling us to go. He's going, calling us to pioneer outside the walls of this church. And so we're going to continue to grow our care ministry. We continue to go and expand and explore what that could look like as we, as we walk into local schools and say, how can we care? How can we help? We encourage our life groups this year, just once a year, maybe more, but just we're going to start with once a year to cancel a life group. And go do something practical to serve people outside the walls of this church in this local community. We're going to launch a ministry called Neighbours, which is aimed at, at helping serve migrants and refugees who are in our community. And then in the middle of the year, we're going to begin a process of working out and then renovating houses for people who have never stepped foot in this church ever before, all because we can. Church, guys, I'm passionate about not just us growing, but us 
going. That this year is going to be my prayer over every single one of us. And it will be the year where we, where we have the best and the greatest year spiritually that we've ever had. That, that if we go, we will grow. You see, I don't want to just build a big church building. I don't want to just build a big church. I want to build big people who have big hearts to do big things for their Savior. We say that again, I don't want to just grow a big church. I don't want to just grow a big building. But I want to grow big people who have big hearts who want to do big things for Jesus. So if 2020 is going to be the year, your best, sorry, 2022, thank you for clarifying. 2022 is going to be the, the best year spiritually you've ever had before we grow before we go, we've got to do one more G. And I was trying to work out how it could rhyme, but I couldn't make it rhyme, but it does start with G. See, as you read the Bible, as you read through the Bible, before any great move of God, there was a time of, a moment of preparation and consecration. There was a moment where, where something would happen and God would bring a whole bunch of people together and he would ask them to prepare themselves for what he was about to do. So before we grow, before we go, we're going to get ready. It doesn't quite rhyme, but it does start with G. See, after 40 years of wilderness, God said to Israel, it's time to cross over into the promised land. Sign a cross over into your new season. And so Joshua gathered the nation of Israel together. And he made this statement. He said, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And then they went to the, went to the walls of Jericho, the enormous big fortress that stood in front of them. And God said, before you go to battle, what I want you to do is you're going to make flint knives and circumcise all the men. We're not going to do that this morning. But they consecrated themselves. Yeah. And God broke down the walls of Jericho with no human assistance. And this year, I'm believing that God would break some of the, down the walls in our lives and in our hearts. And there was another moment as the nation of Israel walked into another brand new season. And Samuel had been searching for the next king that was going to become the king of Israel. And it says in 1 Samuel 16, that, the God, that God led Samuel to David and he anointed him with oil overflowing through his hair and his beard. And in that moment, God anointed him as the next king of Israel. What I love is 1 Samuel 16, 7, talks about the man doesn't look at the outside, or man looks at the outside appearance, but God looks at the heart. Like I love the fact that God uses ordinary, normal people to do extraordinary things. And God is still in the business of using ordinary people to do extraordinary things for Him. Jesus gathered His 11 disciples 11 young leaders. And he said, I'm about to die. I'm about to go to the cross and hang on the cross because I so love you. 
But before I do that, I want to tell you one thing. What I want you to do is I want to wait. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And He will empower you. He will strengthen you. He will give you gifts. And He will use you. So after Jesus died in the upper room in Acts 2, we find a group of people desperate and hungry for God. Fearful of what they'd seen, but confident in their God. And that day the Spirit came and it filled them. And a young man by the name of Peter, who denied Jesus three times, preached and it said that that day 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. Today he's still filling. And this year he's going to continue to stir passions in us. In Acts chapter 8, the church began to grow. And, and, and they gather, and the leaders gather around, and they laid hands on seven. And they set them apart to serve. To serve their local community in really practical, tangible ways. And God's still in the business of reaching out into our local community with practical, tangible ways of service. And then in Acts chapter 13, as they laid hands, the church had grown and they laid hands on Saul and Barnabas. And they sent them out to plant churches wherever they went, all around the world. Today, Jesus is still sending people. into our community, our nation, and like Michael Deacon, around the world. See, church, if this year is going to be your best year spiritually, yet we're going to grow together. Remember, BYO, fork. It's going to be a year where we go together. But before that, we've got to get ready. See, time and time again, before any great move of God, there's a moment where they come, they prepared. The Bible talks and uses the word consecrate themselves. They say, you know what, before anything happens, we want to set ourselves apart for the work of God and what He's going to do in and through our lives. See, back in 1928, when a handful of people gathered in that building, I, I doubt that if you interviewed everyone that, that, that afternoon after that service, that they would have known what God was going to do through them. That 93 years later, we'd be standing at Logan, reading a news report article about that handful of people that, that stepped out that day to begin that journey. And I know that because if you interviewed any one of the 44 people who began this campus, none of us would have known what God was going to do through each and every one of us that we would not know that 113 people would come to know Jesus in this place because of what God's done. The people who would never step foot in church would walk through and roll through and come through these doors and feel the love and the embrace of God and people who say, I don't care about what you've done. I just care about what Jesus has done. But before we embark into this year, before we grow and then we go, we're going to get ready. So this morning, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. What we want to do this morning is we want to anoint with oil. 
to prepare ourselves and consecrate ourselves for what God is going to do. So the team has got some little spray oil and they're going to spray it in your hand and so you can anoint yourself. But then what we're going to do is we're going to pray for you that this year would be your greatest year spiritually you have ever had. That this year we would grow, that we would go and that God would do something incredible as we grow and go. As I said at the beginning of any significant moment, there was a time of preparation. And we're heading into a new season as a ministries, as a church. We're believing that God would do even greater things again in your life and through your life. That this would be your best year spiritually you've ever had. And that that we would now set ourselves apart. So God, we want to consecrate ourselves. We want to set ourselves apart. God, we want you to do things in my life and through our lives that I've never experienced before. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.